Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. In the first letter of St. Peter, we're told to always be ready to give a defense for the hope that is in us. To always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have in God. To always be ready to give an explanation for our faith, for what we believe, for how we live. To always be ready for that situation. Have you ever been asked a question by a non-Catholic? Why do you Catholics do that? Why do you guys believe this? Were you able to give them an answer? Or did you just say, well, honestly, I don't really know. We just kind of do it. You see, part of our responsibility as Christians and as Catholics is to be able to give a reason to be able to give a defense, an explanation for the hope that is in us, for what we believe, for how we live, for why we do what we do. Because God is calling us to be able to give good witness to those around us, to those that He has placed in our life, to be able to help them along their own journey. Because when someone asks us a question about our faith, they're curious. They want to know. And if we're able to give them a reasonable explanation, then we will have assisted them, perhaps in having a better appreciation for the church, or for the Catholic faith. Perhaps we will be an instrument in leading them closer to maybe accepting that faith. But the opposite is also true. If we're not able to give them a good reason, a good defense, then we're actually going to drive them away. Those Catholics don't even know why they do what they do. They don't even know why they believe that. Why would I want to be a part of that? Part of our responsibility, part of our call is to know our faith, to know the reasons for our faith, for our own sake, so that we can have a truly lively and firm faith for the sake of our families, for the sake of your children and grandchildren, because you cannot pass on what you yourself do not have. You cannot pass on the faith to the next generation if you yourself do not know it. But also for those that God puts in our life, for extended family, for friends, for coworkers, for those that we meet. Because God expects us to be able to give a basic defense of why we believe what we believe. It doesn't mean you have to be able to go into a long theological, biblical treatise on every question, but to have a basic answer, or at the very least to know where to find that answer. God expects us to know our faith. That's why I think it's a a beautiful resolution for us at the beginning of this year to commit ourselves to that endeavor. And it's not as hard as we think it is. Do you know that you can read the Catechism of the Catholic Church in one year by reading two pages a day? Just two pages. You can read the Bible in a year by reading three chapters a day. 
just three chapters. And at the end of this year, you would have a much stronger and firmer understanding of our faith. And that's what God is calling us to. That's the responsibility that we need to accept. And what's probably one of the most common questions that we get as Catholics? Why do you Catholics worship Mary? You're supposed to worship God alone. Why do you guys worship Mary? Now, hopefully, at the very least, every single one of us could respond to that. We don't. We do not worship Mary. That is a false impression that people have. To be able to explain to them, we honor her. And I think the easiest reason to give for that is there's this little commandment. Uh, It's number four on the list, and it says, honor your father and your mother. Mary is the mother of, of our Lord, but we have been adopted into the family of Jesus, such that she is truly our mother as well. And so in honoring her, we're obeying God's commandment. But if we want to go a little deeper for our own understanding and to be able to help others even more, our gospel today actually gives us some good insight into why we honor the Blessed Virgin Mary. And in a particular way, why we pray to her, why we ask her to pray for us. Why do you Catholics pray to Mary? Why don't you just go straight to Jesus? Well, we do go straight to Jesus but we also go to her mother. And the reason for that is given to us in our gospel today. But it's helpful to understand this better to know a little bit of the biblical background. You see, Jesus Christ told us that he came not to abolish, but to fulfill the law and the prophets. Jesus did not come just to do away with the Old Testament and all that God had done in preparation for the coming of the Messiah, as if all of that stuff was just irrelevant now. No, Jesus came to fulfill. And everything in the Old Testament points to Christ and can help us understand Him better and can help us understand His kingdom better because the kingdom of God, the kingdom of our Lord, is the fulfillment of the kingdom of Israel, the kingdom of David. We proclaim Jesus to be the son of David, the royal heir who will sit on the throne of David for all eternity. And as the son of David and as the heir of King David, Jesus fulfills many of the aspects found in the kingdom of Israel, in the kingdom of David. And one of them is very pertinent for our belief in the role of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Because in the kingdom of Israel, there was the king, right, who ruled, who had authority, This is another topic, but there was a prime minister who was the second in command who had the keys to the kingdom. You are Peter, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. But for the sake of today's gospel, there was also a queen in the kingdom of David, in the kingdom of Israel. And unlike what we're mostly used to, where the queen is the wife of the king, that was not the case in the kingdom of David. The queen was the king's mother. And the king's mother, who was the queen, had incredible influence, incredible authority in the kingdom. And we can see this illustrated with David himself and his son Solomon. 
Solomon's mother was Bathsheba. And there's an episode in the book of Kings where David is still alive, David is still king, and Bathsheba is his wife, but she's not yet the queen. And Bathsheba has a request that she wants to bring to King David. So she comes into the king's presence and she bows down to him, paying homage to him as king, and humbly asks him to hear her request. But in the next chapter, King David has died, and Solomon is now king, which means that Bathsheba is the queen mother. And we see something strikingly different. When Bathsheba comes into the king's presence as the queen mother, the king gets up. Solomon gets up and bows down to his mother, paying homage to her. And he brings in a throne, and he puts a throne at his right hand, the place of authority. And he sets his mother on a throne right next to him. And he says, Mother, what can I do for you? I will deny you nothing. Is today's gospel beginning to make a little more sense? Because in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of Christ, he who is king There is a queen, and that queen is the mother of the king. You see, in God's plan, Our Lady fulfills the role of queen mother. And one of her roles is to bring the petitions of her subjects and of her children into the presence of the king. Because she, as queen mother, will always find a favorable reception. Jesus will deny his mother nothing. And so in our gospel, we see Mary is the one who notices that they've run out of wine. And on behalf of the bride and groom, she goes to Jesus and brings this petition to him, implying that he needs to do something about it. And there's this uh, mysterious and interesting exchange between Jesus and Mary we don't have time to get into today. But at the end, Mary says... To the servants, do whatever he tells you. Mary just takes it for granted that Jesus is going to do what she asked. Because he is a good son who honors and obeys his mother. That is why as Catholics we bring our petitions to Mary so that she can bring him into the presence of our king. And as queen mother, she can purify them and elevate them. She can offer them with greater adoration, greater faith, greater love to her son on our behalf. That's why we pray to Mary. That's why we ask her to pray for us. And it's so important that we do that regularly, that we pray for those who have wandered, who have strayed from the faith in the church, that we pray for those who have gone before us in faith, our loved ones that we have lost. Especially at this time this weekend, the bishops are asking us to pray for an end to abortion. Because Tuesday is the anniversary of the Supreme Court decision, Roe v. Wade. To pray to our mother, especially as Our Lady of Guadalupe, who's the patroness of the Americas, the patroness of the unborn. That this terrible sin and tragedy and evil of abortion would be undone in our country and in our world to bring all of our petitions 
whatever our prayers and needs are, to our mother who loves us and cares for us, and who as queen can bring them to her son. And in response, she will say to us what she said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. That was Mary's motto in life, and it needs to be ours as well, to do whatever Jesus tells us. And sometimes it's going to be things that seemingly don't make a lot of sense to us. Because in the gospel, put yourself in the shoes of these servants. Jesus says, go fill up these jars with water, and then go take some of it to the head waiter. Well, how does that make any sense? Why? He doesn't need water. They didn't know what Jesus was about to do. They didn't know that he was about to miraculously change it into wine. And yet they obeyed. They obeyed the command of Mary to do whatever Jesus told them. And by her intercession and by their faith, Jesus worked his first public miracle. And by Mary's intercession and by our faith, if we're willing to do whatever Jesus tells us, then he will work great miracles in our life as well. And so let us, as a people of faith, recommit ourselves to trusting in the powerful intercession of Our Lady, turning to her in our needs and our petitions, but also to be able to give a defense for why we honor her, for why we offer her our prayers. Because we believe, we know from what God has revealed that she is our mother and our queen and that she's there for us to intercede with her son because he will deny her nothing.